Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I am David Wilson, joined in person for the first time in a while, it feels like. Anthony Chang, our beat, heat beat writer here at the Herald. How's it going, Anthony? Good, I almost forgot what you look like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are here sitting in American Airlines Arena. It is Sunday night. Uh, the Heat with another convincing home win. Um, 17-1 now at home. A lot of those by double digits or games that at least they were leading big and ended up winning by a pretty significant margin anyway. Um, but tonight was out more than just the win. It was the return of Hassan Whiteside. Was it everything you hoped and dreamed? Yeah, I mean, I expected him to get booed, but I don't know. I, it was a little more than I thought even. Like, I, you know, I, people are going to argue whether it's warranted or not, but I just, I didn't expect, every time he touched the ball, yeah. they were loud And moves. cheers, bam, blocked him from behind at one point, and the crowd cheers. went wild. And every, every made basket from Hassan, there were boos. Yeah. And obviously, when he was introduced, there were boos, like... Man, Miami feels a certain way. <laughs> so I was a little, a little surprised by that. Yeah, he was uh, not happy with it, particularly with people chanting, uh, we got shooters in the, I guess it was either late in the third quarter, I think maybe even in the fourth quarter when mm-hmm. he was shooting free throws. It was when it got loud enough for him to probably hear. Um, that was that was in the locker room with him after the game. He said that was kind of what uh, ticked him off. But otherwise, um, it was kind of just a nice reminder of, I don't know if Spoh said it before the game or, or if it was something someone brought up to him and he kind of agreed with it. It was basically it's a trade that ended up working out for both sides, yeah. as in Heat and White side, where the Heat, the way they played tonight is not a way they could play if Hassan Whiteside was here and, and Hassan had uh, one of his, you know, classic flirted with the 20 and 20 games in a, in a double digit Barbara, loss. Barbara Walters. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. I do think it's a trade that worked out for both sides. You know, I mean, yeah, Portland's not playing well right now. They're, what, 15 and 22. Mm-hmm. So they're not having much success as a team. But, I mean, he go he went to a place where they need him. Yeah. They need him to play. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, it's not to, his fault they're 15 and 22. No, I mean, he's having a solid season. He's leading the league in blocks. You know, he's, he's averaging a double-double like he always does. He played 32 minutes. Like, how many times did he play 32 minutes? With the Heat last season, yeah, not he, many. He's averaging mo- career, or not career highs, but he's averaging his highest minutes per game, points per game, rebound, all that stuff since uh, the 2016-2017 season. Yeah, like, for the last two years here in Miami, he was a not like a, a part-time player because obviously he was still like arguably their most productive guy, but he was not what you expect like a, a franchise Max center player yeah. right I mean he barely played in fourth quarters yeah and it was it was frustrating for him and it created a little bit of a rift you know in, internally with the team and right now he's playing he's playing a lot they need him he's playing a big role he's getting his numbers and on the other side like you said the heat they're playing a brand of basketball that they would not be able to play yeah if Hassan was on the team right? yeah I mean ultimately that trade winds up probably becoming one of the most important for sure deals in franchise history for sure and it's like it's not only because they, it added Jimmy but also because it elevated Bam into a featured role, you know? Yeah, and yeah, it cleared the path for him to right. be a starter, and, and now he looks like he's going to be an all-star this year. Right, and look, whether you believe in empty numbers or not, like Hassan has had many double-doubles, many 2020 games. He had the first 2020 game of 2020. 2020, which he, which he you know, he made, he made sure to remind everybody that. <laughs> um, 21 points and 18 rebounds is a very good stat line, but again, it comes in a double-digit loss. So. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people point to about Hassan. You know, he's a t- very talented player, but a lot of his numbers sometimes don't translate to wins, and that's something that – that's a reputation that's followed him, and he's trying to kind of erase, you yeah. know. 
I mean, it's also just old news by now, but the uh, that trade just obviously also just represented a huge shift for the franchise, like, um, stylistically, I guess, or, or even, like, I don't want to say culturally, but, you know, as he noted before the game, he four of the five usual starters he never played with. Yeah. Like, it's a totally different team than when he was here. They They pivoted from being one type of team to being a team that is all about passing, shooting, and youth, really, Look, considering how young they are. And that's just the polar opposite of what Hassan Whiteside is right now, a 30-year-old center who's a little bit of a black hole and mm-hmm. can't shoot outside of, I don't know, I mean, you maybe mid-range yeah, occasionally. Mid-range, maybe one three yeah. every yeah, yeah. 30 games. But, yeah, I mean, look, they're deep. I will say this. I think that he do miss Hassan somewhat defensively, and especially around the rim. Up until like a couple of days ago, they teams were shooting a league high, you know, yeah. in the restricted area against the Heat. So I do think they miss his rim protection, and they were a better defensive uh, defensive team last year. Like they're yeah. not a top ten defensive team right now. I think they were like seventh last year, around mm-hmm. there, seventh or eighth. Um, but offensively, they're so much better. Right, and that's not all because the has gone. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, they totally shooters the they've added and a lot, but. They were like 26 offensively last year. They're, they've been a top 10 offense for most of the season. Like that's big. That's been the biggest improvement, really. Like that's mm-hmm. why this team has started off so strong. Their defense has been probably not as good as people expected, you know. Yeah. But but offensively, they've been so much better than people have expected that it's made up for. Yeah, tonight was their what second best offensive night of the season yeah. in terms of offensive rating, and Jimmy Butler didn't even play. Yeah, it's crazy. Or Justice, who yeah, or Justice, he's been out for yeah. a couple, like two months now at this point. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean he's playing in ten games only, but yeah. he's a one of the like biggest playmakers for this team. Yeah. And they're missing him, so it says a lot that they were able to do that without those two guys. Yeah, I think one of the more impressive stats for them this year it just has to be everything they've done without Jimmy on the floor, right? Like, still arguably their best one of the year is that Milwaukee game. In what was that the second game of the year? Second game, yeah. And that was without Jimmy, but I think three and one or three and two maybe without Jimmy now. I, I, he didn't play, I think, in Houston also, right? Yeah, they lost in Houston. They, they lost, lost in Minnesota. In Minnesota. I think three and yeah, three I think and two, three and two without Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, that has been, uh, like I said, just one of the more impressive. You know, it, again, by now none of this stuff is kind of a surprise that like they have a lot of options, but. The fact that you can take a guy who's going to be an all-star mm-hmm. this year, maybe an all-star starter, um, and, you know, Portland's not a, a good good team at this point, but, I mean, they were up, what, 24? 24 in the third it? quarter. Yeah, yeah. like, that, this game was a blowout, and they did without Jimmy. It was never close, you know, right off the bat. They went up pretty big pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Um, and, you know, Portland was without C.J. McCollum also, but... Still have Damian Lillard. But they still have Damian Lillard. Probably and, the best player on the court by far, I would and, say. And yeah. the offense didn't suffer at all, which is, you know, that's that's the, the strength of this team all of a sudden, which is, you know, crazy when you... Like you mentioned, this team was all defense last year. Yeah, it's just a, to- it's a totally different, like, feel around this team. Mm-hmm. And, and look, Goron... Yeah, the Goron factor is He's an all-huge. He's an all-star offensive player still. Yeah. He really is. I mean, 7 of 10 on threes... 29 points, 13 assists. Like, he, you know, with Jimmy out, he stepped up and led the way offensively. And, and that was obviously him and Bam. Bam shooting 9 of 10 from the field with 8 rebounds and 6 assists. Like, when you have those two guys playing that way offensively, 
you're gonna have a good night. Yeah, Gorham's the X factor for this team in a lot of ways. I think just when he, I, I don't know what the point threshold is going to be for him, but when he hits a certain scoring mark, mm-hmm. they're just not gonna lose. Yeah, right. I mean. It, when you have Jimmy and Bam giving you what they give you pretty much every night. Yeah, they're reliable and steady guys. And then you have Goron come in and, you know, and they'll maybe one of those guys is out and give you 20 points or something. Yeah. I mean, that's – and you add in, you know, usually the Heat are going to play solid defense. Like, mm-hmm. he, when, you have a th- when you have the third guy, he gives them that third guy who can play like an all-star any given night. Yeah. You know, and that's – I mean, not many teams have three all-stars. I'm not saying that Goron's been an all-star this year. He's not. But he still has that talent level offensively. So right. to have three all-star caliber, all-star caliber players on that end of the court, you're going to have a good offense. And then you throw in guys who just fit so well around them. Uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. I mean, Kendrick Nunn, he, 5 of 13, but he started off the game really well. Mm-hmm. He's played a huge role for yeah. this team. And, and, and we talk about it every podcast, I feel like, but there's just so many guys that can make shots that – it's really that simple. Like yeah. so many guys just can make shots and efficiently. Yeah, we might talk about some All Star stuff later on because some of the first round of voting uh, totals came back. But if you kind of look at the way the East is going to shake out this year, I don't think anyone's going to get three All Stars in the East. I mean, Boston is probably has the best chance with Kemba, yeah. Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. Um, Eric Bledsoe. I, I don't uh, think so. Why not? May, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. Philly, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Tobias. Yeah, like that, that, that would kind of be, but chances are everyone's going to get two, yeah, most probably. Te- most teams are going to get two. One team might get three, but. So, like you're saying, not a lot of teams have three All Stars. When this gets down to playoff time, it's going to be largely about whose third guy kind of shows up, I think, in a lot of these cases. Um, you know, it's probably a little bit different with like Milwaukee because, like, Giannis can like single handedly win a series, or in Philly because Ben Simmons is kind of like mm-hmm. the big question mark yeah, for, he's like the the season for them. Yeah. But like when you go up against Boston or you know, Indiana, is probably only get one All Star, but you know uh, they'll obviously get a Oladipo back. Um, it's going to come down to just the Heat will have their two guys. All these other teams are going to have their two guys or their one guy, and then. Fig- it's going to be about the Heat's third guy kind of matching. Yeah. Can can Goron be the third guy, or, or can Kendrick Nunn be the third guy, or can Justice be the third guy mm-hmm. to match up with um, whether it's you know Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum who ends up being the third, or a guy like Brogdon or um, Sabonis. Like the, right. there's there's not a team that has a clear cut group of three all stars. No, and the Heat have you know they're going to have. Maybe not the, the, the best third option on the floor most seasons, but they're not going to be outgunned no. at that spot. No, Goron is, I mean, that's why, you know, Eric Spolster talked about it, that it just, Goran is still a starter. Yeah. And he still wants to start, but it just made so much sense for him to come off the bench, and you could see it. I mean, that starting group, and then you bring Goran as a sixth man off the bench when Jimmy goes out or uh, when Kendrick Nunn goes out, it, it just adds a different layer, and it, it provides offense really on the court for the entire game. You can yeah. stagger the guys, you know, so... Pretty much when those three guys are healthy, at least one is going to be on the court. And that's mm-hmm. a really good thing. I mean, yeah. you're never going, you're never playing without, again, on a, on a really an all-star, 
I might be reaching a little bit, but an all-star level, all-star level yeah, player I mean, in offense. Like I mean, Goran was an all-star two, years, two ago, years ago. And he's still very good offensively. Yeah. You saw it tonight. I mean, can he do it every game? Probably not, but that's not his role either, especially yeah. when Jimmy's out there. But when Jimmy's not out there, you saw what he could do. Yeah. I mean, he still is not probably quite as consistent as those other two guys, no. which is the difference. But he's still coming off that injury. On any given like, night, he could do yeah, it. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. If he can show up and... You know, he doesn't have to be this guy who goes 11 of 17, 7 of 10 from three and scores 29 points every night. But if he can be 20 half point. of that, yeah, yeah a 20-point guy, yeah. then that's that's the, the that's what's going to elevate this team to, to really being a team that can maybe come out of the East, which yeah. at this point is something you have to think is a ceiling for this team. kind of crazy. I, um, I mean, entering the season, I said second yeah, round yeah. is a ceiling, but, yeah, things have changed. Yeah. Um, one other takeaway from tonight, James Johnson getting back in the rotation. Um, and not just that first guy. He was one of the first two guys off the bench with Warren. Ahead of Tyler Hero. Yeah. The Heat really only played eight guys tonight, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, no I mean, Jimmy Butler and Kelly Olenek did not play at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I asked Bo about that after the game, and he said that, not to read too much into it, that you know, obviously, I think Portland has like one guy over six eight, and that's Hassan. Right. They're playing a lot of small guys, so they didn't have many opportunities to play two centers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if Kelly hasn't been playing well lately. He didn't play tonight, but you know, we'll see moving forward if he is still a consistent part of the rotation. But James, James was encouraging. Like he played well, twelve points, uh, six rebounds, two assists, two of two on threes. He said after the game, he's been shooting the ball really well behind the scenes that. He feels confident in the shot, um, four or five from the field. Like he, he played well, plus ten, uh, plus minus, and he defended well. I mean, he was guarding Lillard at some points. He was guarding the center. Mm-hmm. He was guarding Carmelo, um, and I think that's kind of where he really helps the Heat. Like if you look at the Heat's bigs, Bam can obviously switch out to anybody. Yeah, but Kelly and Myers, they can't really switch onto the perimeter players. If you put James in there, it gives you another big who can really switch onto almost every position on the court. Right. So I really, you know, I know he hasn't played in a while. It's been almost like a month and a half pretty much since he last played, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I think that he could really use him, you know, as the season goes on. I think there is a place for him in the rotation. Yeah, I mean, the, the Heat have pretty much exclusively played Bam with whether it's Kelly or Myers, right? Like they like yeah. having one of those guys on the court as the center. As the season goes on, if this James Johnson thing is going to be a thing, and maybe another thing would be Justice coming back, and maybe you go small with like Justice and Jimmy as like as your forwards, yeah, something like Great. that. Like, I think they're gonna eventually start really letting Bam be a center, like being the biggest guy on the court, the guy they trust to be maybe you know to to guard centers, to be the guy near the rim. You know, they like him obviously as a switcher. That's probably where he's best at, but. There are just going to be some times, especially in the playoffs, where you're going to want to have him and James Johnson on the court at the same time. He's a good enough rim protector to be that guy who guards whoever the center yeah. is, especially you know when you get up against a, you know a team like you know Philly's kind of done their two bigs thing a lot this year. But you have to wonder when it comes to playoff time, are they going to want Joel Embiid with more shooting on the court? That's like, the thing when the Heat played the Sixers last week, they they basically schemed Horford off the. Off the court, right? Like, Orford couldn't play in the fourth quarter right. because the Heat were playing smaller. So I mean, yeah, like in the playoffs, it could easily be where Embiid's surrounded by shooters. Yeah, so that's what that's where James comes in, right? Yeah. He's the guy who then you can stick Bam in the paint, have him be your rim protector, your true center, and and then 
let James be the guy who switches. And, and you have then at that point a lot of guys you can switch onto a lot of different players. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, it's nice for Bam, and I see the pros for this, of Bam going the power forward where you can mm-hmm. switch on different guys and not have to be down low and, and protect the rim. But at the same time, it's also nice to have five guys in the court with yeah. switch. You know, I mean, that's... that's yeah, like gonna, maybe you're sacrificing Bam's yeah. biggest skill, but you're doing it for the greater good. For the greater whole of the defense. Yeah. So if, you, if you have James out there with... You know, three other, you know, Derek Jones, J- Jimmy Butler, Bam, and uh, you know, Goron. Like, you have yeah. guys who could switch on to different, different positions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I really think James, there's a role for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's, obviously we'll have to see. I mean, right. he's played well, the before. Interesting thing and then is, he, so they're back in action Wednesday. Yeah. And Justice Winslow was questionable tonight. Right. And Jimmy Butler is, seems like he should be back. He was, you know, questionable tonight also, but it was a late addition to the injury report. Um, if they only played eight, let's say they go, they were only doing that because Jimmy was in there, it will mm-hmm. usually be nine, but then if you throw Justice in, do you go back to ten with James Johnson in the rotation? Or, or Kelly. Or, yeah, well, Kelly, or does, do those guys get squeezed out? And I, I think, the I think early on, obviously, with, with Justice especially, is they're probably, probably going to want to work him back up to his full minutes yeah. total. I think you have to go 10. I mean, these guys are playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, they are. And you kind of saw a wear on them a little bit over the past week, which I know we're going to talk about, like, yeah. kind of like this rough week they've had, even though they won tonight. I know. Um, but they play a lot of minutes. Jimmy's played a lot of minutes. I think going 10 deep is probably the way to go. You know, they've been playing nine guys, and really a lot of times it's been eight with the ninth mm-hmm. guy playing. Like, Kelly was playing like six minutes, you know. Yeah. So I think nine guys playing – good amount of minutes and then maybe a 10th guy playing like five to ten minutes you know i think that's the way to go um especially in the regular season in the, in the playoffs probably to go nine deep maybe eight but I, I think right now you go 10. this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's uh, transition like you were talking about. The, the rough last week the Heat has had, probably the roughest of the season, even though they go 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Started Monday, we talked the next morning after that weird loss to Washington. You know, thinking maybe it was just going to be a blip. They really emphasized defense yeah. coming off of that. And then they played, like, the ugliest game of the NBA season the next game, or what, the next night or two nights later yeah. against uh, Toronto. They played... Two of the worst offensive games of the season. Like yeah, what games. was the final score of that Toronto game? Eighty-four like, to seventy-six. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like that, I, was that the basketball. lowest scoring game of the year across I, the NBA? I have to think so. I didn't yeah. look it up. I should have, but I, I, I have to think. I mean, I think that's Toronto season low in points. 
Definitely the Heat season yeah. loan points. So. so they were like, all right, defense. We kind of got to yeah. figure it out. They worked too much on defense. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they played the Magic yeah. uh, the next night, and they sucked on offense again. Uh, but the Magic were a little bit better. They lose. It was... 105-85 by 20. Yeah. 20-point loss. So, you know, they hadn't really had any bad losses. They really just kind of the ones were you know, blowout in Philly and then the one at Memphis and then... You throw that Washington game in just a couple of nights later, that Orlando loss, and another one of their worst losses of the year. Uh, first time in a while they'd lost two out of three. They come back tonight and, and get a win against Portland, but still probably the worst week of the season for the Heat. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's been different things, too. I mean, the first, right. that Washington game, like you said, the defense was atrocious. And yeah. then you come back against Toronto, the defense was, well, Toronto missed a lot of shots, and the Heat were in zone for most of the game. So, mm-hmm. but but still, the defense was better, and but the Heat's offense was not good. But it was good enough to win, eighty-four to seventy-six. The Orlando game, the offense was not good. Right. So I mean, it was different. It was different issues. But uh, your point is correct. It was just not a good week. They lost two of three. They've had three losses to losing team the two teams this season, and two of them came in the past week. Right. You know so. But, again, like in the big picture, if this is your worst week, two and two, like it's going pretty well. Yeah, they, they still haven't s- lost back-to-back games all that's, year, that's which is nuts. pretty crazy I mean, at this we're, point. We're almost pretty at much the midway point. point. Yeah. They haven't lost – they haven't had a losing streak. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And um, so, look, uh, two and two, you had a couple of bad losses, but I think you beat, you beat Toronto, you beat Portland, like you survive. Now you go on to that three-game road trip, that's going to – I mean, three – not three, two tough games, and then the Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but still, you know, you want to go two and one on that trip. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see now, especially if Justice comes back, and Jimmy comes back, and James is now vying for minutes. Mm-hmm. What this team looks like, you know, pretty healthy. So um, I, I'm really intrigued to see kind of how the rotation plays out here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and the defense has been better since that Washington game. Like, yeah, they're. They're going to constantly be improving, I think. Their December was obviously pretty bad for them defensively. They were a bottom 10 team um, in terms of defensive rating. I think they finished the month at... Um, 22nd, I think. Yeah, 22nd, right? I think. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but with the New Year's Eve games, maybe it moved around yeah. a little bit. But it was pretty much right around there. Um, so that'll improve. You know, that was their worst defensive month. They'd been pretty solid before mm-hmm. then. So, um, And the offense, it's interesting... It, it was a, a bad three-game offensive stretch, and even that Washington game was – they scored more than 100. 105, yeah. But Washington is probably the worst defense in the league, one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, a lot of turnovers. A game. lot of turnovers, yeah. a lot of just missed shots. Like, that's a game that they probably should have scored 115 just based on, like, the way they were running their offense. Um, but they don't seem worried about the offense at no. all. No, it's, I mean, like, interesting. That's, like, you know, after that Washington game, it was the, the worst offensive game they'd played in a while. I, I was there. I was asking some of the guys about it, and they're like, yeah, it's just one of those nights. Uh, and then, of course, it, it turned into a couple of bad nights in a row, mm-hmm. but they still just don't seem worried. They just know that they've got the personnel, that they're going to be fine on that end. Yeah, I mean, it's just I feel like it says something, like, after that Orlando game on Friday, Jimmy Butler was so upset. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> uh, he literally was in his uniform at his locker for, like, 25 minutes after the game just talking to an assistant coach. And, like, it looked like the assistant coach was just hearing him out. Like, it yeah. was just Jimmy talking it's for like five minutes. It's like that meme where the guy's, like, talking to the girl at the party, and she's, like, she's nodding. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But he was so upset, and we finally talked to him, like, 40 minutes after the game. <laughs> it, I think Ari Winderman from the Sun Sentinel asked him, 
kind of what's been the common thread here this past week, and he's like, not offense. Like, yeah, they're not the team, worried about it at all. Even though the team I just missed, like, I think they were like 7 of 40-something from three in one of their worst offensive performances of the season, 85 points, they still, he still was about the defense. Mm-hmm. And he, they asked, I think they asked, one guy asked him, but Tyler Hero, what would be your advice to Tyler Hero? He had a bad shooting night. And Jimmy's response was to guard somebody. That would be my advice. Yeah. Like, he basically, he was so upset about the defense. So I think, yes, I think you're right. I don't think they're worried about the offense. If their offense is good, fine, but they want to win by their defense. They know that they to win in the playoffs, they have to be a better defensive team. Yeah. They can't be a mediocre defensive team like they've been for the past month. They have to be a top 10, preferably a top 5 defensive team. Now you could ask to have the personnel for that. Mm-hmm. It's another conversation. I think with Justice, they do. Yeah. But without Justice. And with James Johnson. And with James Johnson. I think without Justice and the guys you've been giving heavy, heavy minutes yeah, to. Yeah, the ceiling. They're they're probably they don't have the personnel yeah. for a top five defensive team. So, um, but they can be better defensively, and Jimmy will let them know that. <laughs> yeah, is this like Jimmy Butler mind games to an extent? Do you think just like? I yeah, mean, he's not like he's upfront with guys. Like it's not like he's doing this all subliminally through the media, like trashing the team's defense. But like, like it's just he wants to get it really drilled into some of these young guys' heads, right? That like this is. Even if the defense, you know, I don't think the defense is as bad as he's making it out to be, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like he wants to really, like, drive home the point to these guys. I yeah, think. I think that's part of it. It's a young team. But part of it also is just Jimmy Butler's intense. Like, he's yeah, an intense that's guy. True. That is you true. You know, like, he was, he, it wasn't an act. He was no, upset, I know. you know. But, yes, I do think. I more mean, like, the dichotomy yeah. where, like, he's not talking about the offense at all. Like, he's like, it's yeah. all defense. Yeah. And, Even and, though it's not all defense. Right. But it is. But it is but for he, them. For him, it's all defense. And the Heat love it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, after the Memphis game, I remember Jimmy did a, a similar thing after the Memphis yeah. loss, and he was just really upset about the defense. And the next day at shoot around, supposedly, I mean, Jimmy should just give give my he should just do my press conference for me. <laughs> like everything I want to say, he says it. So it, he's kind of been like the voice. And yeah. It helps the coaching staff. It's not that it's not just the Spo saying the defense to be better, preaching defense. When you have your best player saying that, I mean, that's that's invaluable. So, you're right. I think part of it is probably mind games, but a lot of it is that's just who Jimmy is. Yeah. It was weird to not have a Jimmy Butler quote after tonight. I feel like every yeah. night there's like one, there's something. There's something he says, right? That he didn't play tonight. He didn't play tonight. Yeah. I was looking for I was like, is he, is he going to be here? But he left the locker room yeah. pretty early. The earliest he's ever been out of the locker room. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll get into that another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, I think we can kind of jump around with this like, like last couple odds and ends. Um, Dwayne Wade jersey retirement, not a surprise, but next month, you excited? I am. I think that's going to be, I mean, obviously that's going to be a big night. Yeah. It's one of the biggest nights by in franchise history. Um, it'll be a cool event. You know, I've heard that it's going to be a two-day kind of party yeah, at the arena. So right after All-Star break, that's going to be a busy couple weeks. Can he there. top Chris Bosh's speech? It's going to be tough. I mean, Dwayne Wade is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Chris Bosh is great. Bosh was, like, one of the best I've ever heard. But um, if anybody could do it, I mean, Dwayne, with everything he's accomplished, and he's very thoughtful in his words, um, he has a way. He he, he, like, he loves putting on a show. That's kind of yeah. who he is. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's gonna, I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah. Um, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but the All-Star balloting opened, I think, Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first voting returns came back. Was it last Monday? So it's been like a week, so obviously it'll get updated again soon. But 
Jimmy Butler fourth in All Star voting for his position. What was Bam seventh? I think among front court players. Bam was seventh. Um, I think Jimmy was fourth among front court players. Put him puts Jimmy in decent ish position to yeah. get him as a starter. Especially if like you know who are the three ahead of him. The three ahead of him are Giannis, which is going to get Lock, and Bead is going to get it. Yeah. And Siakam. Siakam is the one that... He's been hurt. He's been hurt. And look, I mean, fan vote is 50%. Yeah. Toronto always comes out for their guys. But yeah, but I, I think th- Jimmy's just a bigger name. Like, the more casual fans will be putting him down. Yeah, and if he finishes fourth in fan vote, which seems like it's going to happen... If, yeah, I mean, he's if, getting if media, and if, and if media vote oh, votes true. him third, yeah. and... Coaches. Play, I mean, players, players, could, players might vote for Jimmy. Yeah. He has a lot of respect around the league over, pass, over Siakam. Mm-hmm. It'll... He has a chance. It'll be close, I think. He might yeah. he might get in as a starter, but if not, he's going to get in as a reserve. Yeah. And Bam is probably going to get in as a reserve, too, yeah. especially if the Heat have, like, a top three record in the East. Yeah, I mean, I think Bam's all – I think both guys are pretty much locks. Like, yeah. I haven't done, like, my go through the list and right. see who's getting in. Maybe we'll do that when we get a little closer to the voting closing, but, I mean, he's a lock. Oh, like, I, I would <laughs> think so. I mean, he's yeah. – the, the way he's playing on both ends of the court, yeah. like – like he has to get it. It would, be, it would be really surprising. Yeah. What about Taco Fall? I mean, Bam, I don't know. Where was Taco? Taco? He, he was, was like six. six. He was one yeah, ahead, he's of ahead of Bam. Yeah. That means he's better than Bam Adebayo. Can you that's, believe it? That's, that's his nuts. <laughs> wait, wait. There was another guy who got, like, who got votes that was surprised. Oh, Alex Caruso. Oh, yeah. Eighth well, among they, guards. Laker. Lakers. But he's just. And Carmelo, eighth among forwards in the West. Yeah. I mean, John Morant, tenth. You'd think he'd be a higher up. Morant's having a good year. He's, yeah, he's a good player. East is or West is tough for for guards, yeah, and you know, when you when you got to get past Alex Caruso, it's you know it's it's tough. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Ky- and Kyrie Irving too. What do you think about that guard? He's gonna get as a starter probably. Yeah, he hasn't even played. This well, season. If, if Jimmy was uh, classified as a guard, yeah, you know, I still think you know Kyrie is such a big name That's and so thing. popular in Brooklyn. And, it's yeah. tough, but but if Jimmy was classified as a guard, I think he would get as a starter. Yeah, me too. I mean, Trey I still, th- I still think he's going to get it. I, if you had to, uh, I don't know. Toronto always comes out for their guys. That's the thing. But he has all of Canada behind I him. Know. Like, that's that's tough. But I still think there's a pretty good shot Jimmy gets into the starter. Especially Dude. when you mentioned, if, if Pascal sits out, the media will get behind Jimmy. And I think the players will leave Jimmy will too. Yeah. also. Although the tiebreaker is goes to the fans. Yeah. So that's the tough part. But there's a chance. He's yeah. gonna, I think it's going to be close, but there's a shot. And like we said, All Star Weekend is going to be all heat everywhere. Uh, that's when I, when I, the first thing I, I thought about when I saw the Dwayne Wade date for the retirement was like, how close is it to All Star break? And it was like three days after. That whole week is just kind of oh, yeah. crazy. It's like you come, we come back from All Star break and we're in the heater in Atlanta, and the next day is the start of the two day right. Dwayne Wade weekend. Yeah. That's going to be a, that's going to be a busy week. Yeah, I'm going to need your help, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, anything else before we uh, finish up? No, that's it. I think, you know, Barry Jackson's going to be on the road trip. Yeah. So I'm going to have a little break here. But I do, like I said, I do think it's going to be an important stretch for this team. Like, with everyone coming back, with this team kind of getting healthier, um, how's it going to look? I th- we still don't know. We still don't know what this is going to look yeah. like when everyone's healthy. So I think this these three games, you know, assuming that just Jimmy's ready to play Wednesday and Justice comes back on Wednesday, which is a possibility, especially with a practice day now in between tonight and Wednesday. Um, it's 
we're gonna get a good idea now of what this team might look like at full health. Yeah, getting Justice back will be good because this kind of turns into like the dog days of the NBA yeah. season, right? Between like now and the All Star break, like yeah, you know, t- this is where guys are starting to you know, teams are really starting to get banged up. They're like, all right, let's get to the All Star break, reset. Um, you know, obviously, like the season's almost halfway over. The games start feeling maybe a little less meaningful on a night-to-night basis. So getting, getting Justice back in at some point will be, um, yeah, I don't know. The Heat don't seem like they need, like, an infusion of energy or anything like that, but at least from, like, a, us talking about things on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Staying sure. about something new. Different things, yeah. yeah. I, one interesting <laughs> thing I was just thinking about, I mean, like you said, we're almost at the midway point. They're, they have 26 wins right now. There's one, two, three, four, five more games left until the midway point. I mean, if they, they're probably going to reach the midway point with how many wins. Say they win, if there's five games left, three out of the five, they're going to have 29 wins. They'll be on pace for 58. Yeah. They were on a 60-win pace, like, yeah. a week ago, right before that Washington game. I mean, if they win four of the five, they could go be at the 60-win yeah. What is pace. it? It's uh, Indiana, Brooklyn, New York. So they win two of those three, and then you have San Antonio. At home. At home, which is probably a win for... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. They could, if they reach the midway point at 30 and 11, yeah. that is just. That's the record they had three years ago in the second half of the season when they kind of made that huge right. turn around yeah, 30 yeah. and 11. And the, the fact that they could do that this season, like, that's. I mean, that's, it's just crazy when you think about mm-hmm. it. Like 30 it's and 11. It's crazy that possible. team won 30 and 11. Yeah, that's, that's even more surprising. <laughs> but, but still, like, the fact they can replicate that with this roster. Yeah. Is, this young roster. This young yeah. roster is, is impressive. All right. Um, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, you work on anything right now? Your story on Chris Silva and how that came together was good. You teased that out last week. So yeah. If you didn't check that out, uh, check that out now. I have some stuff in the works, but I'm not ready to release it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's. I'll, I'll save that tease for next week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, I might have a special guest next week too. Yeah, we'll we'll let you guys know. Um, we'll be back early next week. Yeah, I got nothing I'm working on right now. So. <laughs> it's that time of year. Yeah, right. football's over. Yeah, it's a quiet time in South Florida. It, it is officially basketball season, right? Yes. In South Florida, like there's nothing else. Go- I guess the Panthers are pretty good. Panthers are good. Yeah. Right. I mean, and spring training starts like in a month. Yeah, soon. So. In a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and the Super Bowl soon. Yeah, it'll be here. It'll be we'll be busy. You'll be busy again. Before and Anthony's covering it. That's true. I am <laughs> tough back to back. Heat Magic and then Super Bowl the next night. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week.